You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis on all things sports. Or check out our podcast on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, subscribe to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports, and like us on Facebook, NGSC Sports. We never stop. Are you looking for a place to listen to your favorite music and sports? Look no further. WLSN, the Lieb Sports and Music Network, is a web-based music and sports network. Our network was created to provide authentic, high-energy entertainment through live streaming to a national audience. We play popular music while hosting podcasts from all over the world. Curious? Check us out on the web at LeapSports.com. That's L-E-E-I-B sports.com. Or find us on the TuneIn Radio app. Got Alexa? Just say, Alexa, play WLSN on TuneIn. WLSN is America's number one blog-themed sports and music network. Hey, everyone in. Let's go. Huddle up on three. One, two, three. Huddle Huddle up. up. I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night. And if they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm going to take every last one of you out. You make sure they remember forever the night they played the Titans. will keep the offense out there in a fourth and goal from the one. You want Philly food? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here we go. I would feel better at this point taking the three points. Here we go, here we go, here we go. And if you make it, it's great. But hey, if you don't make it, it's a big momentum swing. Philly special. Philly special. Ready? Here we go, here we go. Goes directly to Clement. Clement reverses it. And it's a touchdown by Nick Russian three, dropping eight. Uyangalale steps up, loads and throws. It's caught, it's pitched backwards, up in the air, it's on the ground, still in Clemson's hands, and now it is down. It is over, and the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. And now, welcome everyone to the Huddle Up Podcast. We did it our way, baby! We did it! We did it! We did it! Welcome everyone, Huddle Up Podcast. We are live October the 4th, 2021. We're glad to be with you. And we have some different faces with us this week. And uh, you'll have to forgive if the video's freezing and things like that. Uh, as we all know, working and living in a work-from-home world that... Uh, Technology isn't always our friend, but uh, we did test everything. We can hear all of the guys. Um, up on top next to me is is Joe. Down below me is Jason, and we have Andrew down in the bottom right corner. Um, and they are from the Dollar Dogs and Beer podcast. Uh, friends of mine for a very long time. We're glad to have them uh, on the show because a little bit different. Now, we will talk about some football tonight, but uh, 
obviously tonight uh, the first of the wild card games and um, we will talk about those, give some of our predictions uh, on the uh, the baseball playoffs and talk some baseball with the with the guys as well. But uh, let's get the introductions out of the way. And, and guys, it's only proper, I think, because this is something you do on your show tonight. I am drinking a pipe dream from uh, Funk Brewing in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. It is a uh, hazy imperial IPA, 8%. Uh, I got a couple of these sitting next to me, so we're going to have some fun. Uh, here on the show tonight, uh, Andrew. Why don't we start with you? Um, introduce yourself to the uh, to the listeners and and uh, what you're drinking tonight. So uh, I'm Andrew. Uh, years and years ago, Jim got me back into podcasting and sports related stuff with the old uh, Big Jim Sports page. Uh, that was a lot of fun before that, uh, came crashing down at the end with the uh, Bears reveal that never happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, boy, that was uh, that was something else. I think we never got more reactions to any one thing we ever put up than that. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so tonight, uh, as I said last night on our podcast, from the Victory Brewing Company, because, uh, Jason, before you shake your head, it's the uh, beer I still had in the fridge. I didn't have time to run out and get any more today. So uh, I'm drinking Golden Monkey tonight because the uh, Braves are number one. They got the gold medal. And, uh, hey, we're shooting for victory in October. Victory Brewing, it all works, man. Very nice, very nice. Uh, one of my best friends in the entire world, um, and uh, was actually in my wedding, um, and I was in his wedding. So, um, Jason, welcome in. Uh, let everybody know a little about yourself and, and what you're drinking tonight as well. Yeah, so uh, Andrew, I completely understand where you're coming from. Then, uh, yeah, so I'm Jason. I am one of the co-hosts for Dollar Dogs and Beer, and uh, Jim. I've known you since high school uh one of my best friends and you know fellow cowboys fan here uh so tonight i i am going more with a whiskey than a beer this is the lagavulin nick offerman edition uh 92 proof so again uh we're gonna have some fun tonight (laughs) uh, because this is also neat with a couple drops of water to open it up uh it's delicious. Uh, Eleven year single malt Scotch whiskey. Very, very nice. Very nice. Yeah, that sounds good. And uh, <laughs> up on top next to me is a guy I've known for a very long time. Of course, one of the uh, the the third man of the Dollar Dogs and Beer podcast crew. Joe, welcome in. Tell them about yourself and uh, what you're drinking tonight as well. Yeah, I've been longtime friends with these guys here, and uh, um, I'm the non NL East fan in the bunch. <laughs> um, so I'm a big Cub fan and uh, drinking uh, Southern Comfort and Pepsi tonight because I need something a little stronger. Hey, we, we have all <laughs> been there. We have all been there. Uh, and I mean, I'm yeah. I, I mean, I won't see here's the problem. I won't uh, identify myself as a as you know, with the with, with the NL East. Unfortunately, I have to associate myself with the American League East. Uh, or the Ameri- the least of the American League, hell, the least of Major League Baseball. Uh, but we'll we'll talk about the Orioles in, in in just a couple of seconds, guys. Obviously, the the playoffs begin tonight uh, with the first of the two uh, wild card play ins. We'll get to those here in a second. Um, the the topic of MVP is is has obviously been uh, is is always one that that, that gets conversations going. Um, so let's start in the, in the American League. Um, for for me. And I know they're a team that didn't make the postseason, but the fact that that they were even close um, for for me 
has to play right into the hand of this guy. 48 home runs, uh, Vlad Jr. Um, to me, I, I don't know of, of many more people more valuable to, to their success uh, or or um, than anything. And you know, so to me, I, I probably would cast my vote for Vlad Jr. in Toronto. Um, Joe, who do you have for your AL MVP? It, uh, it took me a long time to get here, but uh, I'm on the Shohei train. Um, Jason's been talking about Shohei all year long, um, and I'm finally on board. Uh, 103 runs scored, 318 ERA as a pitcher, 100 RBIs, 26 stolen bases, 156 strikeouts as a pitcher, and 46 home runs. Guy's done it all. Yeah, definitely, definitely, um, you know, one of the most uh, fun players to watch uh, and, and really kind of, you know, carried, not, I wouldn't say carried Major League Baseball on his back throughout the year, but without a doubt was was one of the, the, the players that I would say um, probably grabbed the attention of, of non-baseball fans the most when you have a guy playing on, on both sides, um, you know, pitching and in, in, in the field like he did and really grabbed the attention of a lot of people. Uh, Jason, who do you have as your, uh, AL MVP? Yeah. So, uh, I think at, at our, uh, preseason picks, we all had Vlad jr. And I changed midway through to Shohei, and I'm going to stick with Shohei here. Um, aside from the dual threat and only being two off of the home run pace, he did end up leading all of major league baseball in wins above replacement or war. So, I think the fact that he's that once in a generation one that you that you've never seen this you know pitcher and hitter and do so well at both. I I think while Vladdy is absolutely deserving and any other season probably wins it. I, I'm going with Shohei this time. Yeah, I mean I can't. I obviously can't argue with that. Um, you know, he's a guy that. Uh... You know, it may, makes everybody go. Why? Why don't more people uh, do do the both the both sides of the game sort of a thing? So, uh, a great pick there as well. And Andrew, who do you have as your uh, AL MVP? I, you know, I've been hopping back and forth all season on the Shohei versus the Vlad train. I'm going to stick with Vlad for one reason: he almost got the team to the playoffs, whereas the Angels weren't even close, despite Shohei Otani's brilliance. I think Vlad did more to help bring his team up higher and almost get them in. I mean, we, we came very close to what I was calling the ultimate chaos scenario of a four-way tie for two American League wildcard spots, which I'm still kind of disappointed didn't happen just because, hey, my team's not affected by it. So, you know, I just love watching that kind of stuff go down. But he got that team within one game. He was tied with uh, Salvi Perez for the home run race in the AL. I, I just can't not pick Vlad. Uh, Shohei had an amazing season. And really, I'm not going to be upset if Shohei wins. I'm not going to be gloating if Vlad wins. It, either either pick's the right pick. Truthfully, if they would make it a split MVP this year, I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, 100%. And when, you, when you're looking at, too, the, the, the fact that, um, you know, you finish fourth place uh, in, in, in that division, uh, you know, every, every team not from charm city had 90 or plus wins, um, is, is quite impre- impressive that you are, um, you know, in the hunt down to the end. And, and you, like you said, almost made that, uh, chaos scenario, 
Uh, the Orioles keeping it close, though, only 40, finished only 48 games at a first. Quite, <laughs> quite an accomplishment uh, for, for, for my birds. Um, under 50. But, <laughs> yeah, under 50 <laughs> games back. Pretty impressive work, guys. Um, holy smokes, that is just abysmal. Uh, but let's switch over to the National League. Um, you know, this this is one I, that I think has probably been a bit more polarizing um, for, especially I think if you're in the, this, the state of Pennsylvania, um, you know, there, there's been a lot of discussion about it. Um, for me, you know, and, and it, you can kind of, uh, call it Homer-ish, even though I'm not a Phillies fan. Um, I just think if, if you look at uh, what Bryce Harper did for that team, and, and I know they didn't make the playoffs, and um, I, I'm somebody that doesn't necessarily, and I get why uh, a lot of times, and it's not just in baseball, when you look at you know the Heisman Trophy or you look at uh, you know any of the league MVPs, a lot of times it ends up being the person uh, like the best player on one of the best teams, uh, which I think kind of takes away the spirit of the award a bit. Um, so, so I kind of try, when I try and make my picks, I, I, I try to steer away from that uh, a bit as well and, and just, and just look at the player and what they've done. And, um, when you look at the numbers and when you compare historically what, what Bryce Harper did this year, um, and, and it's, it's just, it's just downright impressive. Uh, so to me, Bryce Harper is, uh, is your NL MVP. Uh, we'll work backwards this time. Uh, so we'll start with Andrew, Andrew, who do you got? So, yeah, my, how long have we been debating this, guys? We, we've been legitimately debating this for the last month, month and a half, honestly. Um, I've got – here's my problem with Harper because he had a phenomenal season. In the biggest series of the year, he shit the bed and did nothing. He walked once. He scored one run. No hits. Struck out, what, nine times, Jason? Is that what we said last night? Yeah. Um, it, it was a terrible series for Harper in the Brave series, and that's what knocked them completely out of the playoff contention. So I have a hard time picking him for MVP because of that. Now, if we're going to look at MVP can, MVP candidates that made the playoffs, my two are Austin Riley and Trey Turner. Um, uh, Jason's going to yell Homer. He's right about that. But Riley had a great season in his first full season. Um, but Trey Turner, guys, I was looking at his numbers a little bit today. Um, he, uh, it's probably cause he moved out West. Holy crap. He ended the year 328, 375, 536. He scored 170, I'm sorry, 107 runs and 195 hits. I mean, the dude had a six and a half war. He w- led the NL in stolen bases. He had a 970 fielding percentage between second base and shortstop. Uh, the dude had an insane year. And honestly, Jason, my pick for not, as I brought up the other night, my pick for non-playoff teams is going to be Juan Soto. I mean, 313, 465, 534 line, second av- second in average, first in OBP, uh, 157 hits, 111 runs scored, and that incredible walk number at 145, along with 23 intentional walks, which both led the league. I mean, Harper, yeah, man, he had an incredible season, no doubt about that. Uh I mean, those are my two picks. You have a pick from a contender. You have a pick from a non-contender. If Harper gets it, will I be upset? No, he had a hell of a season too. I just don't think, especially when he crapped out at the end when they needed him the most, I have a hard time giving it to him for that. That's fair. Jason, uh, why did you select Bryce Harper? (laughs) Uh, So, so yeah, of of course I chose Bryce Harper. Um, But uh, 
for, first off, a- Andrew Austin Riley is not even going to be in the top five. We'll he, see, he's we'll see. He's he's going to be like six or seven. Um, Jim, uh, you you know how Dave likes to look at Vegas betting odds and things like that. I I do. Uh, yeah. I I pulled a Dave here and went and looked at the at the uh, Vegas betting odds and uh, Riley is was like seventh or eighth. Uh, you had Trey Turner. Trey Turner was, I believe, four or five. Your top three were Harper, Soto, and Tatis. Um, Andrew, you said that, you know, in the biggest series, you know, how Harper struggled, which is accurate. But one series does not make for an entire season of MVP worthiness. And I'm actually going to use something that you just said for Vladdy against you. You know, you said that Vlad Jr. put the team on his back and got that team within a game of the wild card. Mm-hmm. Without Bryce Harper, the Phillies aren't even at 500, and they're out of division contention early September. Uh, Bryce Harper uh, had an incredible second half and full season. He's one of only four outfielders in MLB history to go with uh, 100 runs scored, 40 doubles, 35 home runs, and 100 walks. He led Major League Baseball in OPS and was the only one above one for OPS, tied for the league lead in doubles. And again, he had that team success is Harper. Uh, without Harper, they, they aren't there. Uh, and he did uh, – and he, his numbers are about 20 to 30 less at bats and 10 less games than Juan Soto. So I, I think if anybody beats Bryce Harper, I think it's going to be Juan Soto. But looking at the success of the team, which also goes into it, and, and who's the most valuable player on that team, to me it's absolutely Bryce Harper. Yeah, I mean it's it's compelling compelling argument either way. Uh Joe, uh who do you have as your NL MVP? Um I think I'm going to going to go with two kind of like Andrew did, one contender, one non. I think the non-contender for me is easily Bryce Harper. Um it, to do what he accomplished and to put the Phillies as close as they were without Reese Hoskins in the lineup. I mean, that was huge. Um, you know, a lot of the guys for Philly just didn't didn't put up the, the numbers they needed, and, and Bryce was the guy. Um, I think contender-wise, Trey Turner is amazing. Um, not only does he have all those numbers you mentioned, Andrew, but he's got the smoothest slide in baseball. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, and I think, you know, early on in our, in our show, I said that he was kind of a an underrated player. I think he's kind of gotten rid of that moniker i think now yeah Uh, that's a fair point um if we're going to talk about a guy carrying a team though that had so little around him juan soto had less around him than bryce harper did for more of the season i you just can't give it to bryce can you (laughs) (laughs) homer like like i said i homer i won't how, how is soto a homer pick because you just hate the Phillies and Bryce Harper. I don't ha- I hate the Phillies. I don't hate Harper nearly as much as I used to. He's become very <laughs> likable actually. You just he's, can't 
accept Harper as <laughs> as the top player here. Roll, roll the tape. Jim, like, we've been going back and forth with this over the last few that weeks. I'd be okay if he got it. I just think there are other people that I like better, like Austin Riley. Get you. We need to get you I, some rough beer, Homer. Man, Riley's not gonna pass Turner. He's not gonna pass Turner. No. Once I saw how how massive Turner's numbers got, I was like, it, shit, this ain't gonna happen. I still think he'll get top five. But like I said, you want to talk about a guy carrying with less? That was Juan Soto, not Bryce Harper. Harper but the had team more still didn't do team. well, which is going to be an issue. It, it is, but then again, didn't Barry Bonds win one when the Giants totally tanked? I mean, maybe. Kind of got a I'll point. He's got a point there, a little bit. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Now, those uh, when do the, those come out? Those come out after the the World Series, right? The the awards. That... Uh, either right after or the week leading in. I can't okay. remember which. Yeah. So, so. We will, uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to, to keep a watch on that. I know. Um, and if you guys, if you're, if you're listening to this, you're, you're not subscribed. If you're, you're baseball fans, give these guys a, uh, a subscribe. They're on all podcast platforms. Um, you know, definitely, you definitely get much further into the weeds in, in the game of baseball than, than I ever <laughs> cared to. Um, and that's partially just because, and, and, and we'll switch gears here to, to my Orioles because Usually, as an Orioles fan, my baseball season ends in February. So, um, you know, it's it's there, there's really never too much for me to talk about, get interested in, uh, or anything like that. Um, the the Orioles do uh, have the number one pick in the in the upcoming draft, um, and uh, and I was talking to a friend of the show. He he was on here um, with, with my brother and I last uh, last fall, I believe. Um, and uh, J- Justin Daniels actually works at the, the MLB Network, and we were discussing, and he kind of threw out a couple of, of names at me that he thought um, would would be solid picks uh, for the Orioles to take. Uh, number one, Connor Prelip, um, pitcher, uh, had the Tommy John surgery. Um, Dylan Lesko, pitcher as well, and Tamar Johnson, uh, an infielder. But but to you guys, because you know this, this, when we're talking, I, I barely get interested in the NFL draft. So uh, you know, get, getting me interested in knowing you know anything about uh, what's what's going to make a difference with, uh, with with the Orioles in terms of uh, draft stock, and I and I do understand that the, that not only the limitations that the Orioles have, but um, the, the the limitations when. It's not like the NFL, you know. You're you're not taking guys necessarily that are coming in and uh, are day one uh, ready. So, um, Jason, we'll we'll start with you on this one. Is there anybody? Because I mean, there's no one person that's going to fix the Orioles. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> but is there anybody that, that that you think that the Orioles could take that that because you know, and it does sound funny to say with. You know, fifty was it fifty one wins this year, forty nine games out of first. Like, it, it feels funny to say that there was points where it felt like these small stretches that the Orioles were kind of figuring things out in a way. And and I know like they have a young coaching staff, they have a lot of young players, um, and and they do need to develop. Um, but but is there anybody that that, that you think that they could bring in that is an immediate upgrade at whatever position they play? Jason, we'll start with you. Yeah, um, and I, to to be fair, Jim, uh, the three of us we've actually talked on our on our show about how the Orioles were not as bad as their record showed. Uh, 
you, you have to look at the division they play in and they, they were beat up by four of the best teams in baseball. So, um, but I, it's funny that you mentioned Dylan Lesko and Tamar Johnson. I had those two on my list, but the way that I went about this was I looked to see who they have now, who they already have in their system. Uh, like for the outfield, they have Cedric Mullins, they have Austin Hayes and Heston Kerstad is, was their number two pick uh, last year. Uh, they have Adley Rutschman for catching. Uh, they have John Means and Grayson Rodriguez, who's a prospect. Um, so I, I think they could use some starting pitching. And if they do, I, I would say Dylan Leska would be the choice out of uh, Buford High School in Georgia. He's a Gatorade player of the year, has a 96-mile-per-hour fastball, a good changeup, and is also a Vanderbilt recruit, uh, which is a great program. Uh, if they go not pitcher, I actually had a uh, shortstop Brooks Lee from Cal Pony uh, on, uh, on my list here. I, I think he would be an instant upgrade to the left side of that infield. So, I mean, and you also have Mountcastle who's up and playing spectacular. So I think having Brooks Lee on that left side of the infield would be huge. All right, cool. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts. So when you have the first overall pick, you tend to go with college guys because they're more because they're more ready, they're more polished. So of the high school guys, the one I would really th- the one I'm looking at would be Dylan Lesko. Uh, the dude's a stud. He's got a mid 90s fastball plus changeup, and his breaking ball is not bad. Um, from the college guys, I'm actually looking at a uh, hard throwing lefty Reggie Crawford for UConn. Six foot four inches, struck out 30 of the 56 batters he faced. Uh, average of 96 in the fastball. He does hit 100 with it. He has a good power slider that hits 88 as well. The thing he's going to need to do is he's going to need an off speed pitch and uh, change up another breaking ball, something like that. You can't really be a two pitch guy unless you're a closer. Um, Jason, I absolutely agree with uh, Brooks Lee. He's going to be a stud when he gets to the major leagues. Um, one other guy I also like is, um, he is in high school, but Drew Jones, he's down in uh, Wesleyan down in Georgia. He's actually Andrew Jones's son. And, uh, the scouts are saying he's a lot like his dad. He's really athletic. He plays a really good defense already. He's got good speed. One scout said, Right now, as a high school kid, they would give him grades of 60, especially on his defense in the outfield right now. And remember, MLB grade goes between 20 and 80. So that's high praise for a guy in high school already. And I mean, given that his dad was one of the best center fielders I ever saw play defensively, second maybe to Griffey, I I can't think of anybody else who's better than Andrew Jones and Ken Griffey Jr. That's a pretty good stock to work with and start with. Sure. Like it, father, like son there. Right. And I was yeah. going to say, you know, you, you have a, you have a guy that, you know, knows, knows the lay of the land when it comes to, to Camden Yard in the, in the city of Baltimore. So uh, I'd have no problem seeing another Jones in, in center field in the orange and black. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe, how about you? I agree with the guys that they really hit all the guys that I would have said. Um, I, I think for Baltimore, I think they're going to have to get some kind of free agent piece or a trade piece that, can can give them a boost while you're waiting for some of those guys to get up there but yeah i mean when you're you're in, in a division like they are it's it's it's, it's always an uphill climb and, and you know that their trips into the postseason a couple of years ago um surprised me um you know it kind of came out of nowhere and then just like that 
gone. Um, so it, it, it's it's you know it was like a breaking ball that doesn't break. It was it was gone. Um, so you know, know it's, it's Chris Davis's average. Yeah, you ain't kidding. Um, <laughs> boy, that was a that was a misguided contract as well, wasn't it? Uh, in in, in hindsight, so um, definitely definitely been a rough couple of years for the Orioles. But yeah, I, I agree that um, you know there were there was definitely points, and I mean. You know, there was there was games where you'd you'd end up losing, you know, twenty two to two to Boston or or the Yankees or something like that. But there were there was a couple of stretches that, um, you know, I, I remember. Well, I I was joking with my dad that after the first week of the the or the first weekend of the season, they were in first place because I think they took two out of three um, yeah. from New York. So uh, there there was that you can definitely see the the development there. It's just going to take some time. And you know, Jim, one thing that Jason and I have been talking about for the last two weeks now, now that the Phillies and the Braves played the Orioles late, they're not a bad team. The offense is there. The top line pitching is good. They have no depth behind it. So if the plan falls apart, they get shelled. But if the guys that are supposed to go out and do what they're supposed to do, they're not a bad club. They're not as bad as their record looked. Yeah, 100%. So... Um, you know, I, I don't expect them to compete, um, even in their division anytime soon, but, um, you know, hopefully we'll see, uh, them develop a little bit more, uh, over the, uh, over the coming years. Um, now we switch to the postseason. night. One of the postseason is upon us, uh, with the Red Sox and the Yankees, um, because of course, why wouldn't it be that way? Um, <laughs> playing in the, uh, the first of the two, uh, wildcard play in games, um, before we actually get to, to like our predictions and, and the Red Sox currently leading three nothing in the bottom of the fourth, um, so the Yankees better start moving quick if they if they want to make something out of this. Um, not that I want either of these teams to win, but I'd, I'd probably choose the Yankees less than the Red Sox. Um, but are you guys a fan uh, of the play-in game in baseball? To me, it's always um, it's always felt a little off. You play 162 games; everything's based on uh series play and then and then to to determine one of your playoff teams it it, it ends up being a uh play in game and i feel like it, it not only is it seems contradictory to, to the to the game of baseball and, and everything you've created but also i feel like because ev- everything from from the teams that are in the play in game you either have to make a decision to really put your kind of best foot out there in terms of your bullpen and your pitching um, that it can impact you once you get through that game and, and hopefully win, or you kind of stick with wherever you're at in the rotation, hope it works out, and then and then get to your uh, your your you know game one starter in, in, in the postseason. So I've never I've never been a big fan of it. I, like I know baseball doesn't necessarily want to expand the postseason too too much, but I feel like you make this a you know three best of three. And then you can still stick with the five and the and then the two sevens. Like I, I don't think adding two more games to your season at this point is going to make, um, you know, too too crazy of a uh, of an impact. Uh, Joe, let's start with you. Are you a fan of the play in game? I, I'm not. I think I agree with you. It should be a best of three kind of thing. They're not going to lose much sleep over it. They're not going to really extend the season much much to do that. And like you said, I mean if. You know, if the Yankees win this game, then they can't use Garrett Cole till maybe Saturday, Friday, Friday or or Sunday. I think is what the way the NL works out with the schedule or AL works out with the schedule. So, 
I, I mean, you, you, you burn your game one starter just to try to get in. Yeah. Um, whereas, like you said, you can kind of strategize a little more, I think. Yeah, it, it just seems it just seems very uh you know, because if you have the three gamer, you know, maybe you know, maybe don't start cold, maybe you start with the with your number two, um, and and, and work from there and, and depending what you know what in this case Boston would throw out at you. It's it just always seems very weird. Uh Andrew. I hate the one game play and exactly the reason why you mentioned baseball is a game built on series. Even these stupid two game mini series we've been complaining about all year. It's just dumb. There's no good reason why it's not a best of three. Yeah. Jason. I don't mind it as much. I think as, as Andrew and Joe do, um, I, I'm not a big fan of it, but I think that it's serving its purpose, which the main reason that this was brought in, I believe it was 2012 that they expanded that wild card was to have meaningful games at the end of the season. I think in the past we have found that so many uh, wild card berths or divisions were wrapped up before the last week or two. So the, the main purpose was to, be entertaining and provide teams with something else to look forward to, uh, to try and work hard to achieve. Um, so I, I don't mind them only having just one play-in game because that will then that gets you your actual fourth uh, team, your actual wild card into the playoffs. So I, I could take it or leave it, honestly. That's fair. Um, all right, so we're at we're at Boston uh, in New York. Like I said, Boston with a three nothing lead right now. Uh, we'll walk our way through the American League. I'll I'll, I'll start with mine, and uh, I will have absolutely zero frame of reference for why I'm making these picks. So uh, I will I will preface myself on that one. Um, it, it's it's kind of like when I sit down in front of an NCAA March Madness bracket uh, and do the same thing. Um, <laughs> So, like I said, for for people that love baseball, definitely go and give these guys a follow. The Dollar Dogs of Beer podcast. Um, you know, three guys that if I ever have a baseball question, um, one of them is the first place I go to for sure. Um, so I I I circled this before this game even started uh, because I'll never pick the Yankees. It's like a rule. Um, you know, I like I'm not even the biggest baseball fan, but when if I make the list of franchises I hate the most the Yankees are always in the top five it, it just I hate them I can't stand them uh and it has always been that way it'll always be that way you can't change my mind on it so either I have the Red Sox I want the Red Sox to win this one uh so they would go on to play the Rays um I have the Rays picking up a series win over Boston in four games uh I have the Astros losing to the White Sox in four games as well so that gives us an American League Championship Series of the Tampa Bay Rays and the Chicago White Sox. And uh, I'm giving the White Sox the win uh, in six um, just because I don't want to pick a team from the AL East, um, even even if it is like the, 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 the least horrible of the options, uh, and also because I enjoyed the hell out of the White Sox, um, what are the, the cityscape uniforms, whatever the hell they were called um this year i thought those were really cool so give me the chicago white Sox as your uh american league champions uh jason we'll go to you first with the american league yeah so uh i i i think you're actually pretty spot on there jim 
I I took the Red Sox tonight uh, mainly because Garrett Cole has not pitched well in Fenway this year. And he, again, he didn't pitch well tonight. You see me glancing over. I have the game on here. Yeah, I have it on my um, iPad, so. <laughs> but, uh, uh, base, I mean, Garrett Cole, is all, he, he already gave up a couple home runs tonight. It was uh, sixth and seventh uh, home run he's given up in uh, like 17 or 18 innings at Fenway this year. Yikes. So I had the Red Sox uh, facing the Rays. I, I had the Rays winning that uh, matchup. I I'm I'm thinking four games it has a good potential to go five, um, and then I am also taking the White Sox over the Astros. I think that one goes five. Uh, the and then I I t- I'm taking the White Sox in. Uh, I'm gonna say six, and the reason for that is the White Sox have a lot of big power hitters, and their pitching is also more well rounded. So I I think. Looking at the different teams, most of the teams have a very glaring hole, um, and, and I, I think that the Rays are ones that that have that are not as uh, weak all around. And, and same with the White Sox. So I think I'm going to actually give the edge to the White Sox here. All right, solid, Joe. We'll go to you, American League. Um, <laughs> this is a tough one. I think I, I did think the Red Sox were going to win this game tonight. They've just been they came out of nowhere this year and they really were, were ahead of schedule and um have really been impressive and i can't remember what i said last night but i'm gonna go red Sox over rays okay in that series um and then i'm gonna pick white Sox over the astros um i'm, I'm gonna go with the south side it's hard for, <laughs> it's hard to do that but <laughs> but i'll do it um but and I think also, like you guys said, I think they're going to probably end up beating. They would beat the Red Sox. I think um, five or six games. I think. All right, very good. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Like the the Red Sox, I have a I have a, a friend of mine uh, who's a Red Sox fan. I remember talking to him before the season, and um, you know, he was like, "Yeah, we're you know, it's kind of, kind of starting to come together a couple years out." And then yeah, the, like you said, Joe. Uh, this team really did kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, Andrew, we'll go to you for the uh, for the American League. Yeah, so last night on our podcast, I took the Red Sox over the Yankees tonight. It looks like that's so far going to come true. It's still pretty early, so and it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. Uh, by the way, guys, Garrett Cole was pulled after two innings. Yikes! Yeah, two innings. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> that's 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 the uh, that's the beauty of the one game playing is you got a really short leash with some of these guys. That's you true. have to, yeah. yeah. You you really have. Even in the even in a five game, seven game series, you have to have a short leash. You can only really afford to sacrifice one game tops. So yeah, I have. I, I picked the Red Sox. I'm definitely keeping that pick at this point. Um, so last night, did I say? I, I can't remember if I said Rays or Red Sox. I think I said Rays. Um, I'm gonna go with the Rays, but I think it's gonna be. I think it could be a legit five gamer for the ALDS. I think the White Sox are going to take the Astros down in four. So my ALCS is looking like Rays and White Sox, and I'm going to take the White Sox in five. I like the pitching better with the White Sox. Their bullpen is way better than Tampa Bay's is. Tampa Bay's got some great bats. The White Sox have better bats. All right, then we move uh, We move to the National League. Um, nice to see you guys actually agree with me for the American League. That makes me feel pretty good. 
Um, or it should make you guys feel like shit if it doesn't play out. Um, so we start with the uh, the the playing game tomorrow night: Dodgers and Cardinals. And uh, you know, if you're talking about like logos in in, in Major League Baseball, you can't get uh, much cleaner than the two playing uh, tomorrow night. I have the Dodgers. Um, you know, you're talking about a team that what won 106 games and is is playing to playing a one gamer for their life. Um, you know, I'm not, I, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that Major League Baseball reshuffle the deck. You know, I think, you know, every time a, a you know, well, formerly seven and nine team made the playoffs in the NFL, they start talking about how, you know, you should disqualify. Like, I don't think you should change the structure of the league based on, uh, you know, a kind of anomaly seasons. But my goodness, what a team out there! So I'll go Dodgers uh, to pick up the win in the play-in game. Uh, I will also have them. Uh, actually winning the the series over the Giants and I have that only going or I have that going all the way to five um I, I think just the, the probably the experience on that on that roster um is, is going to play into their hand a little bit more uh than it will with the Giants uh Andrew sorry don't even get mad it's my show I can kick you off uh Brewers <laughs> over the Braves in uh in four games um so that gives us a Brewers Dodgers uh NLCS and uh this is probably going to surprise a lot of people but again I do this based on nothing I'm just throwing things at the wall um I have the Brewers as your National League champion in seven <laughs> games anything can happen in the postseason right boys uh That's Andrew pick, since right? I since I uh since I probably made you mad there with my uh, NLDS pick I'll go to you first here for the National League like I said, man, Cotton, that's a bold-ass pick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for the wild card, one-game BS wild card games come down to who's coming in the hottest. And there has been no team hotter in baseball over September than the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a good point. As, as much as it pained Joe to admit it on the podcast last night, <laughs> nobody is hotter than the Cardinals right now. So I'm going to stick with my pick from last night. I think the Dodgers get knocked out by the Cardinals. And then I think the Giants will then subdue the Cardinals because they just have a far deeper team. They've got better pitching top to bottom. And let's face it, the Cardinals' best starter is Wainwright. And after that, the drop-off is pretty precipitous. It, you know, it's not as bad as some of these Marlins teams that essentially ran Josh Beckett as many of the seven games in the World Series as they could. Here's your game one, but, three, five, six, and seven starter. <laughs> yeah, basically. So I don't think the Cardinals are going to get past the Giants. I, I, I hate picking sweeps in the playoffs, but I, I'm going to say four, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants sweep. Now, the Braves-Brewers series, that actually, I was looking at, as I said to the guys last night, I was looking at the numbers from the two teams. The Braves, Despite the difference in record, the actual statistical numbers are extremely similar between the Braves and the Brewers. The Brewers have slightly better starting pitching. Um, they've got the best closer in baseball in Josh Hader. But their number two bullpen guy decided to punch a wall while he was drunk celebrating the division title. So he's gone from the playoffs and was also gone from the playoffs last year as well. So this is two years in a row he's not participating. Um, I said last night, and I'm going to keep on with it, I'm going to take the Braves in five. And then in the NLCS, if it's Braves-Giants, I'm taking the Braves. Uh, probably six or seven. But I know, yeah, total homer pick. I know. Um, 
Dude, come on, it's my team. It, hey, it's no, wrong if I pick anybody. No, else no judgment over here, Andrew. No judgment <laughs> over here. If you've Here's listened, if you've listened to this show over the years, you've heard me pick. You've heard well. I mean, not that the Capitals were that far of a, of a stretch, but you've heard me pick the Cowboys and, and the Fighting Irish in games that they don't belong in. So I, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that uh, over the last five years, if I just listened to the Huddle Up podcast, I'm pretty sure that the Cowboys are Super Bowl champs, like four years running now, right? <laughs> if not more. <laughs> if, you, if you if you if you listen to this show or watch my Madden franchise, but otherwise. <laughs> You know, it's, otherwise it's not so great. So, and here's the thing. You need three good starting pitchers to get you through a playoff series. The Braves have them. They've got Charlie Morton. They've got uh, Max Freed. They've got Ian Anderson. And then they've got Waskar Yanoa at four, who is a, very much is a wild card pitcher. He's either brilliant or he gets hit pretty hard, which is why I hope they use him more out of the bullpen than starting. But, you know. So I, I really do think the Braves have a shot, especially if the Dodgers get the hell knocked out in the wild card or the first round. I think the Braves have a shot. All right. And uh, Jason, let's go to you next. Yeah. So uh, wild card, I, I'm, I'm with Andrew on the wild card. It, it comes down to who's hot. And for, for me, it's absolutely St. Louis. So as hard as it is to go against a 106-win Dodgers team, uh, I, I think that's just going to be the result of them not winning their division as they get a quick exit here. And then, so Cardinals against the Giants, I, I'm I'm taking the Giants because they are a more complete team than the Cardinals are. Uh, as much as it pains me as a Phillies fan, having suffered through these Gabe Kapler team meltdowns the last few seasons before they let him go uh he's done a tremendous job uh, avoided that collapse in san francisco uh he's going to be manager of the year i think and and i think he takes his team to the nlcs i think that game i think that's that series is going to be pretty quick I, um I, i'm i'm gonna go four i think in that one and then braves and brewers Pitching matchups are very similar. Bullpens are very similar. Hitting, I would give the edge to the Braves, even without Acuna and Ozuna, just because they it's they hit for power, but they also hit for average. So I, I think they're going to get on base a lot. They're going to get the runners moving. And I, I think they go as Will Smith goes. If Will Smith, their closer, pitches well, I, I think they're going to – uh, win in four. I, I'll take them in four over the Brew Crew. So uh, Braves, Giants, NLCS. Andrew, I'm going with your Braves. Wow! wow. <laughs> Man, I would have um, I would have lost money on that bet. Yeah, and, and and the reason why is while Will Smith struggled, he has closed the series down lately. He, he he's not as long as he doesn't constantly serve up those that slider he, he needs to locate his fastball and, and use that slider down and into righties and, and things like that to get them out uh, I think the Braves offense is more complete than the than the Giants and I think their defense is also better than the Giants so I, I'm going with the uh, Braves taking on the White Sox all right, Joe. And, how about how about you? Oh uh, yeah, just one, yeah, one go thing ahead, Andrew. Quick, 
remember too, Brandon Crawford of the Giants, their power first baseman. I think he's been ruled out for the entire playoffs too. So that takes a big bat out of the Giants lineup. All right, Joe. Was it Crawford or Bell? It was Bell. I thought it was Brandon it was Bell. Bell. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mixed them. But, but yeah. that, that's that's still a big bat to lose, though. Um, he was what he was my underrated player at the start of the season. He had a great year. Um, yeah, you nailed that. But he, yeah, he has the a broken finger, I believe. So, uh, yeah, that that's while it's not Crawford, it's still a big bat to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this NL is a little tough. I think I. I I'm going to go Dodgers tomorrow night. Um, I think Max Scherzer is just, he's been lights out since he went to the Dodgers. I mean, he was lights out in DC, but he's got a better lineup in LA. Uh, So I'm going to go Dodgers tomorrow night. I'm going to go, not to say that about Brandon Belt, I'm going to go Dodgers over Giants. Um, I think it could still – I think it's going to go five, um, that series, between the, the Dodgers and the Giants. Um, and I'm going to pick Milwaukee over Atlanta. That's a hard pick um, for you. I still <laughs> – yeah. Um, I mean, Atlanta did what they had to do. Um, and my other underrated player at the beginning of the year, Jock Peterson, you're welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I – I still think that 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 brave bullpen. I'm just not confident enough in them. Uh, the way that they've been up and down throughout the year, uh, as you said, Jason, as Will Smith goes, but the Braves will go. Um, and one series and one week does not a season make. Agreed, <laughs> as we've said about about Riley and 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 Harper. So. Uh, one week does not make a season for Will Smith. I'm going to go Brewers over the Braves. I do think that's going to go five two. Um, but and then I'm going to say Dodgers over the Brewers. All right. The one thing in five or six. The the one thing Joe that you mentioned here that that I was kind of starting to think about, um, and this is more of a reason to also for for me to take the Braves is the Brewers didn't have as tough of a division either. So I, I'm, I'm not sure what kind of Brewers team they are. Um, whereas the, the Braves, while, while the division had less wins, the division was being up on each other a bit more. Um, so I think the Braves are a little more battle tested at the moment than the Brewers. Plus the Braves on that same line, all of September, they were playing the NL West, mostly out West. And, uh, you know, they had the Giants out West. They had the D-backs. They had the Rockies. Um, the, Do- the Dodgers at the end of, of August. But still, they played all of the West teams right at the end there. So they faced the gauntlet. Yeah, that's a solid point. Because, you know, I, 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 can't, like- I can't believe you're, we're talking about the D-backs and the Rockies as the gauntlet. <laughs> no, no, they're not part of the gauntlet. But you know what, what I'm saying? We've talked about this. East Coast teams suck out in the West. West Coast teams suck out in the East, you know? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point, though, because there was a lot of years, um, you, you know, before the NHL realigned their divisions where the Capitals, um, you know, were Southeast Division champs, and that really didn't mean a whole hell of a lot. 
Um, you know, they, they'd run through that division, they'd get to the postseason and, and you know, get, get hammered pretty quick because they, they weren't battle tested. So there definitely does it definitely does say something when you, when you have uh, the road. The Brewers didn't have as tough of a division. Sorry. You're fine. Um, so we go to the World Series. Let's go to the World Series. Um, my World Series pick was the Brewers and the White Sox, a, a Midwest battle that probably nobody saw coming. Um, and and for me, I'm looking at it, and, and I think the White Sox are just the more complete team here. Um, and an update on the game, Yankees just had a home run. Uh, so it's now 3-1 in the top of the sixth. Yankees having to make a move, and uh, and, and, and that got it started there with the, with the solo shot from Rizzo. Um, but you know, for, for as good as, you know, for, 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 you know, the brewers to get there, you know, sometimes magic just runs out, you know, the, the clock strikes midnight. Um, so I think, uh, the, the white Sox are going to bring a, uh, a world series, um, to Chicago, uh, for me. So, uh, Joe, who do you have for your world series winner? Yeah. Based on, on what I've done, I think the white Sox are by far and away the best of the of that bunch um you know you have three or four really quality starting pitchers um you know you've got some good bullpen arms to get you to the closer and you have two options to close the game sure i I mean you have two you have two pitchers as i said last night you've got two pitchers who can go multiple outs you know four four or five out saves you know it Hendricks does it one night and Kimbrell does it the next night. I mean, that's a great problem to have. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Andrew world series. So my world series was looking at Braves and white Sox. Um, if it gets there, that's going to be a phenomenal series. Both teams have great starting pitching. Uh, the bats are going to be great on both sides. And it, Joe, yes, you're right. That we don't have the closer, but we have two setup men that honestly should be the closer that, as I've been mentioning for the last three, four weeks, that Snit needs to take the best matchup and either throw Luke Jackson out there or Tyler Matzik and then use Will Smith as setup man or seventh inning man, you know, depending on how the game's going. But regardless... Um, yeah, you know what? Screw it. I'm taking the homer pick Braves and seven. There you go. I can't fault you one bit for that, Andrew. I would have been shocked if you went any other way. And it's, uh, it's totally fine in this house. Uh, Jason, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have been more surprised if you hadn't picked the, the Braves. <laughs> um, but I, I am going to take, and I know this won't be a surprise to Andrew, but I am going to take the white Sox over the Braves. Um, and, and the big reason for that is the bullpen. I, I think the White Sox have a better bullpen overall than the Braves do. And let's face it, Andrew, Snit's not going to move yeah, Will Smith out of the closer role. So I, I, I it's too, it's too late to do that. Like, he, he's so, had all yeah. season to try, and he's had since the All-Star break since they got Rodriguez in, and uh, he hasn't. So that's not going to change come playoff time, especially World Series time. So I, I think the bats – do favor the White Sox a little bit more. And I, and I think that the starting pitching uh, while it's fairly even, I give a slight edge to the White Sox. So I, I think the White Sox are going to win that one. I'm going to go six games. All right. All right. Very good. We, uh, we switch now from the, uh, the diamond to the gridiron. We'll go to college football first. 
Um, we'll go. We'll just go straight to the pickums in college this week. Um, keeping it in line with what we do. Oh wow! I didn't see a costume change coming. Boy, Jeez. did not see a wardrobe change coming. But uh, nothing. You know, I should have. I probably should have. Um, I thought the whiskey was hitting me a little hard or something. <laughs> like. I was like, what in the world is happening? All right. To, to be fair, also, the air conditioner is off and it is sweltering in here. I couldn't wear two jerseys any longer. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, all right. Let's uh, we'll go. You know, obviously, just teams, uh, top 25 teams playing each other. Uh, we start at uh, noon. Um, or no, I actually think this is a uh, this is a three. No, this is a noon game. My apologies. Uh, number thirteen, Arkansas. They are four and one. Uh, they're at number seventeen, Old Miss. They're they're still trying to uh, stop Alabama from scoring again. Nope, nope. Alabama just scored again. Never mind. Uh, they're three and one, but they are a six and a half point uh, home favorite. Sixty six is your over under line um, on this one. Um, two two teams coming off of big losses. Uh, Arkansas um, just never showed up. Uh, in their in their game against Georgia, thirty seven nothing lost last week. Old Miss gets uh, smoked by Alabama. I don't think either result was surprising. Um, so so I think I, I'm just going straight home field advantage on this one um, with with two teams that are just trying to figure out what bullet train hit them a week ago. Uh, so I'll go Old Miss at home. I'll, I'll give them even the the six and a half to cover, um, and I will go even over the sixty six points. Um, because it's an SEC game, and despite what people want to believe, um, defense is not played a lot of times in the Southeast Conference. Uh, Jason, we'll go to you. Yeah, so our Kansas. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going to take the uh, Razorbacks here. I, I am going with Ole Miss. Uh, for one of the main reasons you just said, Jim, is you know they're at home. And home field, especially at the college level, is just huge. And I think it's going to come down to uh, I think Coral is going to be better than Jefferson. And I think the Ole Miss defense is going to be able to stop Smith, the Arkansas running back. So I'm going to go with Ole Miss. I think they cover. And I, with how beat up those teams are, I, I think the over is going to take it as well. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Andrew. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think Ole Miss is going to win this game. I do think they're going to cover the spread. Uh, Arkansas, they do have a really good defense so far. So I do think we're going to see the under, not the over. But it's going to be close either way. All right, very good. Joe, how about you? Uh, I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take Ole Miss, but they're not going to cover. So it's going to be less than six and a half. All right, so you got Arkansas plus that six and a hook. All right, then we go to Georgia, 5-0. and They're a 14-and-a-half point road favorite and number 18, Auburn, who is 4-1. and 46 is your over-under uh, on this one. This one, of course, Saturday, 3.30 Eastern time uh, on CBS. Um, yeah, I can tell you right now I'm taking the over. At 46, Georgia might score that many points by themselves in this game. Um, this one's, this one's pretty easy. I don't think Auburn, I don't think Auburn belongs in the top 25, much less in the top 20. Um, so I'll take, I'll take Georgia plus the 14 and a half and definitely over for me, Joe. Yeah, I'm going with you, Jim. It's hard to argue with how good Georgia has been playing this year. Absolutely. Uh, Andrew. 
Yeah, Georgia's one of those few SEC teams that does consistently know how to play defense. Uh, Georgia's going to wipe the field with Auburn. It's not going to be close. Georgia is definitely going to win this. They are going to cover the spread, and we're going way over. All right, sounds good. Jason? Yeah, Georgia's clearly easily won the top two teams in the in the uh, division. And, I mean, there's such a drop-off, I think, after one and two. And my notes here for Georgia, I chose Georgia, and my notes simply just say, better. <laughs> yeah, it's there, there's, there's nothing Brilliant. scientific about this one. There really it's isn't. So- so, I mean, I, I think Georgia's going to cover. It's not going to be close. And the over is going to happen. I, I, Georgia might have that before the start of the fourth quarter. That's so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they hung 37 on Arkansas, who who is on both sides of the ball a better team uh, than Auburn. And they went 37 nothing against the Razorbacks. I'm almost scared of what they're going to do to Auburn on Saturday. Um, but then we go to the Big Ten, obviously a matchup that, that definitely has your guys' attention um, and, and everybody here in the, in the state of Pennsylvania. Number four, Penn State. They're 5-0. and They're at number three, Iowa, also 5-0, and a two-point um, home favorite. 41-and-a-half uh, is your over-under this one, 4 o'clock on Saturday on Fox. 41-and-a-half, um, uh, that, that smells Big Ten football right across the board. I don't care what anybody says. Um, I know, Jason, we were talking about this one, um, you know, the, the, the fact that Iowa was, wasn't a, a, a big favorite last week, uh, small favorite this week, you, despite being at home. Um, and and the, I, the only reason I think they, they jumped Penn State in, in the rankings, and again, rankings in early October don't really mean that much, but I think it's just because of what the spread was last week with, with them. You know, they actually came in, um, I believe, in, in underdog last week, which Tells you all you need to know about the the faith of the the um, odds makers when it comes to the Hawkeyes, uh, and, and as as much as I would love to uh, pick against the Nittany Lions in this one, I I just I don't see it. I I still don't necessarily know what Penn State is. Um, the, their toughest test was was Auburn, I think. Maybe Indiana. I don't think either of those is much of a test. So I, I don't know necessarily know what they are, but I also don't think. Iowa is, is is any more proven? I like, um, you know, if, if Penn State's going to prove me uh, wrong, they're, they're going to do it after this Saturday. You know, I, I think they win this game. I don't think it's that close. Um, so obviously, you know, that they're going to cover that that uh, that 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 two that's in Iowa's favor. Um, I, I'm probably taking the under here. I don't think either of these teams' offenses are are moving that well. Uh, Penn State, the only thing that's going to give them an edge in any of their remaining games, you know, they, they, the meat of their schedule still to come, is that defense. Uh, you got to hope your offense figures it out. Um, you know, 20, hanging 24 on Indiana probably isn't going to get it done against some of the bigger teams uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, but Penn State wins this one, um, and I will take the under. Jason. Yeah, so I was very torn about this one especially after seeing them get 24 against Indiana, which the Indiana defense figured out how to stop the deep plays. That's what Penn State thrives on is those bigger plays. Um, I actually think Penn State's biggest win aside from Auburn is actually the first game of the season at Wisconsin because first time you have the full stadiums, things like that. While Wisconsin has played terribly lately, that was a huge first game uh, with the fans in the, in the crowd. Um, I, 
I am not a big Sean Clifford fan. I don't think he is that great of a quarterback. Um, And Penn State has the wide receivers. But I ultimately think that being at Iowa, they have that great pass defense, which uh, can cause Clifford to make mistakes uh, combined with Penn State struggling this season with the running game. I'm taking Iowa at home. Wow. Uh, and, and, and part of that is also so that I don't feel as let down if Penn State loses on That's Saturday. Fair. That's fair. I'd rather pick them to lose and they win as opposed to be like, yeah, they're, they're going to, you know, win by 20 points and then they lose by 30. So uh, I, I'm going to take Iowa mainly because it is at Iowa. And I also, so I have, I, I think they'll cover the two and a half and I'm, I'm definitely taking the under in this one. And let's be clear about this. If Penn state's losing this game by a three and a zero, that's a 3.0. There's no way Iowa's getting a 30 point win over anybody right now. I don't believe. Um, but uh, Andrew, we'll go to you. So one thing that gives me some hope is actually the game last week against Indiana. Penn State showed that they were able to start running the ball when the deep ball wasn't there. And they still got a couple explosive plays off, but they showed that they were at least capable of starting to drive and grind. And Indiana's defense is not the problem on that team. It's the offensive play calling. We were talking about this in our group chat last week, that if Indiana had somebody competent calling plays on offense, uh, that game could have been very different. So I, and remember, we're also not playing a true night game at the black magic of Kinnick stadium as well. Also very helpful. Although that said, Penn state did go in a couple of years ago and beat Iowa at Kinnick on the last play of the game. So they're one of the few big 10 teams I would actually trust to go in and be able to do that because Franklin seems to have figured that out. So I do take Penn State to win. I think they cover the spread. I'm not going over. you got to be kidding me. Penn State, that's a t- this is a, th- these are two teams that famously played to a 6-4 to four game. And that was two safeties versus two field goals, not a touchdown and a, mix, and a missed extra point. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, Andrew, go or uh, Joe, go ahead. Yeah, um, I mean, you guys touched on the the Penn State-Indiana game last week. Obviously, I, I watched that with quite a bit of interest. Um, the, a 14 nothing game in that game felt like 35 nothing. <laughs> just 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 the way that there was really no energy on either side of the ball in that game. It just felt like, you know, you're down 14, but it feels like you're down 30 uh, with the way that game went. That said, I'm, I'm going Iowa – um, I, I think they either cover or they win by one. Okay. Um, right. It's hard for me to to decide on that, and it's definitely under. Yeah, at least we, at least we I can... just I just don't think that. I mean Auburn. I mean we we just basically a few few minutes ago talked about how terrible Auburn is compared to Georgia, <laughs> um, and that's really. You know, Wisconsin has been has been awful pretty much all year. Um, and Indiana has, has been a lot of issues. I think the, in, the issue with Indiana, I think, is the quarterback coming off the ACL tear again. 
Yeah. And he just doesn't trust himself. You can tell he doesn't trust himself out there. Um, yeah. You know, so, and now he's out again. He, he separated his shoulder on Saturday night. So mm. I, I think it's less play calling and more confidence of Penix as a, as a player um, for Indiana. But I do think Iowa wins this game. Yeah. And, and I mean, the thing with Indiana is, is, you know, and, and I was skeptical about their success a year ago and it wasn't anything negative against them. I, I just looked around the rest of the big 10 and, and you saw a lot of, um, you know, a, a lot of rosters that were limited because of, of COVID issues and, and, and all of the, the stuff that went into last year and you had empty buildings. You know, you, we've seen what, what's happened in Indiana, uh, since they get back in these full stadiums and they, they just, they're, they're a middle of the road team and there's nothing wrong with being that w when you're Indiana. Um, so, uh, but let's switch gears here, guys. We go to the national football league and, and we'll, we'll close here. Um, we're, we're kind of basically at the, the, the 25%, uh, loaded screen, uh, on, on the season, you know, now with, now with 18 weeks and 17 games, there's, there's not really a clean, uh, quarter way through the season, but four weeks into the year, we're, we're, I think we're starting maybe to figure things out and, and, and who's what, um, one undefeated team still remains, and that's the Arizona Cardinals coming off their big win uh, over the Rams on Sunday. Um, so let, let's give our thoughts on who we think right now, um, after the first month of the year, is the best team in the league. And, and and I'm looking at I'm looking at three teams, and probably the to the surprise of a lot of people who listen to this show, um, I'm not ready to put the Dallas Cowboys in that. Uh, wow. in in that lineup yet and it's only because now their only loss is a two-point loss on opening night banner night in in Tampa Bay um but I I have to see this thing out the entire way they beat the Chargers um you know he had a win this week against the Panthers I still don't I, I still don't totally know what the Panthers are your other win is against an Eagles team who's not very good um, if the Cowboys continue to develop and especially if the defense continues to develop, because the thing I've said all summer, the thing I said, dating back to when Dak Prescott almost had his foot snapped off, um, last October is as long as Dak Prescott is healthy, the Dallas Cowboys right now are the best team in the NFC East. And there's no debate about that. There's literally zero debate. You can try to argue, but you're wrong. So as long as Dak Prescott is healthy, they're the best team in the East. What does that really mean? I don't really know. I want to see this team to continue to develop. They have games against Kansas City still on the schedule. Uh, you, you have games, I think, against the Raiders still on the schedule. So there's a lot of good teams still on this schedule that the Cowboys can prove that they're where they need to be um, as this team continues to And the defense under Dan Quinn much improved this year. Um, but I want to see more out of it. My three teams that, that I'm looking at are the Cardinals at 4-0. You can't not put them in there at this point, especially considering what they did this weekend. The Chargers, uh, their only loss is to that Cowboys team. They've also beaten the, they've beaten the Chiefs. Um, and then the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Bills uh, have not necessarily been tested too much. Um, I know they, they beat uh, – they have Kansas City this week. But you know they've it's it's not necessarily the competition has been strong, but it's the way they're dominating the competition that impresses me. But 
Right now, um, you know, I, I have a hard time not giving the NFL's best to the Arizona Cardinals. You're playing in what is arguably, if not definitively, the best division in football, and, and you're sitting on top, and, and you beat a very good Rams team, you know, definitively in Los Angeles this, this past Sunday. So, to me, Arizona is your number one team four weeks in. Uh, Andrew. I agree. Arizona's a great team. I'm taking Buffalo right now, though. You know, like you said, a three and one, three and one record. They've got a plus ninety points differential. They've allowed the fewest points so far at forty four. They're only allowing two hundred and sixteen point eight yards a game on defense, which is first in the NFL. They've uh, they've gotten seven turnovers on defense. That's tied for first with Dallas. They've collected twelve sacks, which is sixth in the NFL. They're allowing the opposing QB to throw at a 56.2 percentage, which is second in the NFL. And the, and the uh, opposing QB passer rating is 56.1, which is top in the NFL for defense right now. Uh, defense wins championships. Yeah, can't argue there. Matt uh, checking in with us in the comments. Yeah, if you're following along with <laughs> us, he's speaking of Dallas. D- uh, Jalen Smith um, owed $7.2 million this year. Uh, released by the Dallas Cowboys this evening, uh, not long before we came on the air. Um, I'm not shocked that he got released. I'm shocked they did it midseason. Um, he, he's, he's been exposed numerous times, and it's been getting worse. Uh, the defense is worse when he is on the field. Um, it's a bummer for me as a Cowboys fan and obviously uh, as a Notre Dame fan as well to see that guy come from the, the injury against Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl to, to – um, getting back and getting on the field, but he, he just um, hasn't developed the way the Cowboys wanted him to. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of refreshing, um, though, in a way to see a, a Cowboys coaching staff go, this isn't working, we're, uh, we're moving in a different direction. So I wish Jalen Smith the best, um, but, um, you know, I, I am, I'm at least encouraged to see that uh, from a, from a Cowboys coaching staff. So Jason, obviously, since the the Cowboys topic brought up, you can touch on that with, with Smith as well. Um, and then, uh, who do you think is the NFL's best four weeks in? Yeah. Um, so thanks, Matt, for that. Uh, Matt's a, a, a buddy at work here who is uh, a resident Raiders fan, right. uh, I, I believe. So uh, he's he he was living living the high high life uh for a little bit but oh, last night woof until last night was a little rough but uh, uh i'm in a group chat with him and a few other guys um for uh, fantasy football and other sports stuff and uh never saw waller that amped <laughs> was his big comment from yeah, last night for sure <laughs> um but yeah so with jalen smith i honestly had not realized that he was playing so terribly I think because I was so focused on how well Trayvon Diggs was playing, um, you know, five interceptions in four games. So I, I if with him struggling, I think they made the right choice and he he'll get picked up by somebody. I, I know there's an NFC East teams that could use uh, that type of help. So uh, he'll get picked up, I think, in no time. Um, as far as my top three teams right now, I ha- I have the same three teams, but I-, I think I also am going to go with the Cardinals as your top team. I mean, with the way that they won last weekend and just how solid they seem to be playing right now. I mean, 
uh, from a fantasy standpoint, I sat James Conner the last two weeks because he was supposed to get like five points was his projection. And, and, and he's been 20. Mother. So I, I mean, like, if I were to put him yeah. in this week, that will be the time that he gets like three. Um, oh, I already but, have him. I, that is going to happen because I already have him in my lineup for next <laughs> week because I lost this week. And last week, because I didn't have him in my lineup, because I didn't trust it. So now he is guaranteed to get five or less. <laughs> um, but I, I think the Kyler Murray, the way he's been playing, the defense in general, uh, is just outstanding. Um, but, I mean, like like Andrew, you went with the Bills. There, You can't go wrong with the Bills as a pick either. So um, I think those are – those three are the clear best teams right now. Um, Jim, I have a question for you. If Dallas beats Tampa Bay, now I know like uh, me being a Cowboys fan, you being a Cowboys fan, I, I think you feel the same way. I personally felt as though the Cowboys kind of got a little robbed of, of that victory there with the lack of an offensive pass interference call at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, but it, say Dallas pulls that off and, and Dallas is 4-0. Does that change your thoughts on them at all? Um, maybe. Uh, I I still think because Tampa's sitting at two and two right now. Um, and and I feel like Tampa may just be kind of similar to where we're at, where where they were at a year ago, where you get a little banged up, you'd have to get healthy near the end. Um, because the roster's arguably the best in football, at least the most seasoned. I mean, they brought back every starter from the Super Bowl win. Um, they are dealing with a lot of injuries right now, which I think plays into that two and two. Um, maybe if they win that game, maybe I believe it a little bit more um, because I because I am looking at like yes, you beat the Chargers, um, you know, and this week you beat the Panthers because I'm not I'm not totally sold on the Panthers yet. Now they they do look good, you know. Darnold looks good. Darnold looks like the guy that he was at USC, um, and I think it's further proof. Not that we need any further proof of how bad the New York Jets are. But, um, you know, I think it, it really it really is making an example out of the fact that, that the Jets are just that bad. Um, you know, and, and so so I'm not sure what the Panthers are. I, you know, you, you, you dominate an Eagles team that, again, there should be no surprise there. So maybe if they beat – maybe if they beat uh, Tampa Bay, I'd, I'd put them – I'd maybe put them above the Bills. I still think – Despite the Cowboys beating them, I think the Chargers overall have probably looked looked better and more convincing. Or maybe that's me me protecting myself from uh, years of abuse by the Dallas Cowboys franchise. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's one of those two things. Um, but what about you? If they win that game, do you put them near the top? Uh, I I think I do. Um, I probably had them in for, in my top five. I I think uh, even with that loss, uh, I think that. Dan Quinn's defense is spectacular. I mean, you know, I, I believe that they're they're tied for takeaways or they have the most takeaways uh, in, in the league. And the play of Dak Prescott, the play of even Zeke Elliott, he he uh, he's running much better. He looks quicker. So apparently, uh, apparently Zeke heard the talk about how he's not a good running back anymore and went. <laughs> Actually, I am. Hold my beer. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm going to change your mind about that, which is refreshing. So sports writers of the world, continue to tell Zeke he's not any good anymore. Please. <laughs> I, I want you to do that for me. Yes. <laughs> uh, Joe, how about you? What are your top teams and team in the NFL uh, right now? It's hard to argue with Buffalo. They really are defensively probably the best. Um you know, like you said, Jim, the way they're dominating teams. I know they're not playing maybe the best competition, but they're dominating in these games. Um, I think other than maybe like, you know, a week one loss or something, they've they've really done really well, I think. Um, them, and I think I'm a big believer in Sean McVay, so I'm going to go with the Rams too, I think. Um, there's something to be said for, for what the Cardinals are doing 4-0, but – um, I think, you know, could we, could we be looking at, to me, it's probably the Rams and the bills. Okay. Yeah. And I like the, you know, the Rams losing to the Cardinals, it happens. I mean, good teams have games where they, they, they just don't show up. I, I don't think people need to panic, um, about the Rams that, that, that team is really, really good. They're going to continue to be really, really good. So no concerns there. Uh, speaking of those Rams, well done, Joe. I'm proud of you uh, for making that segue because we're going to look at um, what I think are the four biggest games in the in the National Football League uh, this coming week. And we actually start uh, two nights from now, uh, Thursday night. You have those three and one Rams. They're a one and a half point road favorite at uh, two and two Seattle. Uh, Fifty four and a half is your over under on this one. Eight twenty on Fox and the NFL Network. Um, I think there's a bounce back game for the Rams. You know, they they absolutely got smoke bombed at home. They're embarrassed. They're licking their wounds a little bit. And I don't think Seattle's that good. I don't care that, that they are at home. Um, I think a bit of the mystique um, ha- has worn off with the twelfth man and um, the Legion of Whom and and all of that up there in in, in Seattle. So I like the Rams and, and Matt Stafford to come out and put up a lot of points. Um, obviously, they're going to cover that one and a half. Um, 54, man, that's a good line. That's a real good line. I hate when you, I hate when they actually put a really good line on these games. Um, I wouldn't bet this game because I, I would never bet Thursday games because it just stupid things happen on Thursday. Um, I will go, I'll go under, I'll get, cause you know, Seattle's defense is playing pretty well. And I mean, the Rams defense speaks for itself. So, uh, Rams plus and the under, uh, Joe, since you, transitioned us so well i'll go to you first yeah i'm with you jim i'm going rams to, you know and they'll cover and go i think uh, under as well all right uh I, I really do think that seattle is just not the same team that they were a couple of years ago it, it you know it, it's one thing to play in seattle it's another thing to play in seattle with richard sherman in the in the defensive backfield yeah no kidding uh andrew we'll go to you next yeah, I'm going to take the Rams in this one. I think they're going to cover. Uh, I, dude, I hate Thursday night games too. Um, ah, shit. Uh, give me the under. I don't know. I, I hate Thursday night games. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you, if, you, if you're if you're so debating, if you're like debating your your, your <laughs> I, I would I would always go under because I feel like the the part of the game, especially when you have two really good defensive teams, your offenses are really going to suffer on those Thursday night games. So if if you have money to light on fire, um, bet the under on a Thursday night. Jason. 
Jason, are you are you with us still? Wake up, Jason. Sorry, I was muted while I was coughing. Ah, no, oh well, good. I appreciate that. I, I'm 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 not used to this uh, live interaction uh, and and video feed here. Um, I'm used to being able to stop recording and restart. No, no problem at all. <laughs> um, but uh, kind of like my notes from the Georgia game, I have the same for the Rams. They're just better. Um. I, I think Seattle being at home is, is generally a challenge. Like I, I believe what, what Joe said, you know, Richard Sherman not being on that defense makes it much less scary. And I, I think the Rams win this one. I think they cover and, you know, y'all took the under. So just to try and uh, be different, I'm going to take the over on this one. I think the defenses are going to struggle a little bit and the offenses are just going to light it up. Why not? Well, so you're going to do the exact opposite you did for the last week of pick them just to try and preserve your lead. You're actually going to take a chance. Yeah. Well, no, nobody. Will I mean, I'm going to if I'm given the option between trying to crush you and pick them or take the kneel down and cement my victory to pop the champagne. I'm, I'm doing the Landry shift all day, every day. And I mean, certainly no one will argue that you are different, Jason. That is that is uh, 100% proven. Uh, Cheers. Then we go to Sunday, 405 on CBS, the 2-2 two and two Chicago Bears uh, versus the 3 and at the 3-1 and one, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. They are four-and-a-half-point uh, home favorite coming off the loss uh, last night. So a short week for uh, Vegas. 45-and-a-half is your... Uh, over under on this one remember to everybody especially uh fantasy uh managers uh this is the first week of london games so there is a mm-hmm. game i think it's uh atlanta and the jets um so if you're bold enough to have players from the jets or the falcons um uh, those that game kicks off at nine in the nine twenty in the morning so uh here on the east coast so be be ready for that um but uh yeah we go for that (laughs) we go as as if we didn't punish england enough with the uh (laughs) american revolution we're going to throw the jets falcons here here's the jets and the falcon keep them in fact not only that how many years have they had the freaking jaguars out there i mean like here it's it's gonna sell it'll be a sellout right more of a sellout (laughs) than you'll have over here but uh bears at raiders um Man, just just when everybody, um, or not everybody, at least some people were starting to believe that the Raiders had turned that corner, uh, the Raiders reminded us who they really are. No, um, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I think the Bears might cover four and a half. I think this is gonna be a close game, um, but but I think the Raiders still win. I and I, I think it really comes down to the to the offensive line of the Chicago Bears, like. It's it's unfortunate that everybody thinks that, oh, Justin Fields can solve all of our problems. Oh, is he going to play left tackle? Is he going to play center? <laughs> like, I don't think he is. Um, so give me give me the give me the bear. I'll still say the Bears covered three and a half. Raiders going to win. And uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go over. I'm going to try and be hopeful over because I have Waller on my fantasy team. Uh, so I got to play that. Uh, Jason, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Matt. I don't know if you're still listening to us or, or watching us here, but I, I'm I'm going to take your Raiders this week. Um, I don't know that they cover, um, 
but I mean, they showed life late against the Chargers. So I, I, I think this is a good rebound week for the Raiders and the Bears are just, I, I don't think they're good even with fields right now. There's too many holes there. Uh, so Raiders, I, I think they uh, cut. I, I don't, eh, I don't think they cover. Uh, but Jim, what was that over under? Uh, 45 and a half. I'll take the under on that one. So you are saying that the Bears are who we thought they were. Uh, yes. Andrew, go ahead. The <laughs> uh, Bears. Yeah, imagine that another Ohio State quarterback comes to the NFL and uh, can't immediately save a team. <laughs> who would have thought? I haven't been saying that for years, that you shouldn't trust Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL or anything. Yeah. To be fair, though, Andrew, at least they get starts. Well, I, and I, Andrew, like, Andrew, I generally, I generally agree with you on that one. I'm still, I'm going to say the verdict's still out on Fields because Fields, any inability that he has in that offense has nothing to do with him. No, at, at least right now. Yeah, I, I, I do happen to agree with that. And you're right. He can't play left tackle. Uh, you know, they really the Bears need Joe. This is like watching. Minnesota last year with that Swiss cheese offensive line we were playing with, which is only marginally better this year. But then again, our first round pick hasn't played yet because he was coming off surgery. So hoping that gets better. So I am going to take the Raiders in this one. I do not think the bears are going to do this, especially in the road out in the West coast. Uh, are the Raiders going to cover? Yeah, I'll take the Raiders to cover, but I won't be surprised if they don't. I am going to take the over though. Okay. And uh, Joe. Yeah, I, the, the verdict is still out on Justin Fields. I think if he had the line that Dak Prescott has in Dallas, he'd be a much better quarterback. Um, I, I think if, if Dak had the line that the Bears have, he would be awful. <laughs> I mean, it, you're, you're probably not far off with that assessment. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that to me is a big reason that Romo had any success is the line was – finally got better and you know since they since they stockpiled linemen they really got a lot better as an offense so um for for Dallas at least I'm going with the Raiders I don't think they cover and I'm gonna go under I think all right very good uh then we go with the three and one Browns at the three and one Chargers this one is actually a straight push there's no favorite uh, in this one at all. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, but 49 and a half is your over under 405 uh, on CBS. Um, I, I think the Chargers should probably get get at least a little bit of an edge here. Um, th- this is one of the more intriguing matchups of the, of the early season because um, you have a great offense with the Chargers against a great defense with the Browns. You have a pretty decent defense with the Chargers against a decent enough offense, and and the, I, I've said for a while like the 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 Browns' biggest problem is Baker Mayfield because I I just I'm not sold on Baker Mayfield as a true you know bona fide start. Now there there has like I, I've said before, there's been a lot of worse quarterbacks who have won Super Bowls. Um, but he is, to me, he is definitely their biggest problem. Um, I'm going to give, I'm going to, I'm going to pick the chargers in this one. 
Um, I, I think it will be close. I, I think because of the Browns' defense, I'm going to take the under, the 49-and-a-half. Um, the Chargers are going to score points. Um, but I, I just don't know if combined it's going to be enough. I mean, the Browns only put up um, – for what 14 against Minnesota this week so now 14 um now Minnesota I think has a, has a bit, little bit better defense than the Chargers do um but I, I just don't know if combined we're going to see 50 points in this game so I'll go Chargers to win uh I will take the under uh Joe go ahead uh, I'm gonna go Chargers and I'm gonna take the over all right very good Andrew you know I completely agree with you on Baker Mayfield when he plays crap defenses, he lights them up. When he plays good defenses, he doesn't play well. Last week, he went 15 for 33, 155, no touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked three times. He had a QBR of 15.6 and a 59 and a half rating. I mean, if Minnesota's offense would have done anything at all last week, they would have won. That said, I was spared from watching the game because uh, the boys and I were at the Franklin Institute. Thank God. <laughs> So my pick for this one, I am most definitely not going to take the Browns. I'm going to take the Chargers to win that one. I'm going to go under. I think it's going to be a defensive slugfest, kind of similar to what we saw with Minnesota and the Browns last week. All right, good. Uh, Jason? Yeah, I think the Chargers are more well-rounded. I think uh, Eckler, you may see him go off a little bit. I, I think he will get through that Browns run defense um, so I, I think I'm going to take the chargers. I think they cover the push. <laughs> cover um, the push. I love that line, by the way, <laughs> they cover the push. Watch them tie the game just because Jason said they cover Fuck, the push. That'd be awesome. Watch it be a damn tie. I love it. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, and I, I do think I'm going to take the under on this one as well. Um, I think both defenses will put up a good fight. I always put the disclaimer out there. I mean, uh, for the degenerates out there, depending when you uh, when you pick up this episode, uh, we are we do this on Tuesday, so um, these things, especially your Sunday games, are going to move a little bit um, b before we get there. So, so make sure you plan accordingly. Uh, and our last game for the weekend is the the team we were just talking about, the three and one um, Buffalo Bills. They are on the road at two and two, Kansas City. Uh, who is a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. 57 is your over-under um, on this one. This is the Sunday night game, 8.20 Eastern time on NBC, as well as Peacock, the Peacock streaming service. Um, man, I, this game is is very, very, very fun. Uh, I have no clue uh, really how to pick this one because, like I said, the, the Bills, they've been winning in dominant fashion. But they've been winning again in dominant fashion against, um, if I have it here, isn't it uh, the Texans, as I'm looking for it, the Texans, the Washington football team, and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you, you lost week one, 23-16 uh, to the Steelers, um, who are infinitely worse now than they were in week one, uh, and I love every second of that. Um but you had a 35 nothing win against the Dolphins. You had a 43-21 win against the Washington football team and a 40 to nothing win uh, against the Texans. So your your defense is do your offense is doing the job. Your defense is doing the job. They're doing it against bad teams. Um, Kansas City, I think, has been one of the more surprising teams, not in a good way, um, to start this season. 
I, I think it's a product of injuries. I think it's a product of um, suspect defense. And I think it's a product of this team's played a lot of football over the last couple of years. Um, the Chiefs will eventually find themselves. Uh, I think they'll still make the postseason. But to me, this this game is about the Buffalo Bills proving that those three wins um, were not just because they played bad teams. So I'm going to take the Bills. I'm going to take them to cover. I think they're going to cover by by a good bit. Um, and and I'm going, even though the Bills' defense is so good, um, I, I'm going to take probably a slight over because it's for the Chiefs, it's going to have to be a shootout. Mahomes is going to have to be Patrick Mahomes. Um, so this this should be this should be must see TV on a Sunday night on NBC. But Bills plus and the over. Uh, Jason, we'll go to you. Yeah, so um, the Chiefs are riding high after their their win in Philly to stop their losing streak. Uh, with uh, with with Matt not being on the show tonight, I was gonna say, you know, even though the the refs tried to take the win away from the Chiefs, just just to just to see his his response, because I I do I do I can know feel um, the heat coming from my computer right now. Just. <laughs> I, but but no, in all seriousness though, like the, the the refs were more in favor of the Chiefs last week, Matt. I I, I agreed with you on on that one. Um, as as much crap as I give you, um, e- even friends who are not, you know, against the officials usually like they were even saying how bad that that officiating yeah. was. Um, but um, I I think Mahomes is going to look to get Kelsey more involved uh, against that Bills defense. I think you're going to see him uh, kind of get open a little more in the zone, in some zone coverage. So I, I'm going to take the Chiefs this week. Oh. I, I think they're going to I think they're just going to take it straight up, and uh, I think it will end up being a shootout. So I'm I'm going to take the over. I mean, here's the deal: if anything's going to equalize this game, it's the environment in Arrowhead. It's it's a it's a great home home field advantage for Kansas City. Uh, Joe, we'll go to you for this one. Yeah, I'm with Jason here. I'm taking Kansas City. I think they're going to cover. What was the over-under number? It was uh, 57. I'm going to take the under, but yeah. I am going to go with, with the Chiefs and, and covering. Yeah, I it's it's. I think it's, again, similar to the Rams-Seahawks number. I think this is a really good number. I wouldn't bet this game. If I bet, I, if, if I was a better, I wouldn't bet this game. Uh, Andrew. Yeah, I wouldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pool if I was a better. <laughs> no way. Uh, I'm going to take Buffalo. I, I stuck my foot out for them being one of the best teams in the league. I'm going to go with that defense. I, Kansas City lit up the Eagles, but they lit up the Eagles because the Eagles suck. Let's be honest here, guys. <laughs> There's no reason to believe that the Eagles would, you know, not do anything like that again. Sorry, hold on. I got something playing in my background. There we go. See, now I feel bad that Matt's not here to even try and defend his team at the moment. <laughs> no, it's totally okay. <laughs> all right, sorry about that. Yeah, sorry about that. I, some video played on another tab, even though I turned all videos off for that. Go figure. All right, so yeah, I'm going to pick the Raiders. Uh, I think the Raiders will uh, – the Raiders got The Raiders? Yeah, Wasn't that like sorry. three choices ago? 
Yeah, that was three choices ago. Yes, I'm taking the Bills. I think the Bills are going to cover. I'm going to take the under. I think the defense is going to show up. Mahomes is going to try and turn it into a shutout. But let's let's be honest, guys. Teams that play good pass defense have given him fits before. It's can they give him fits for four quarters? Yeah, you're 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 not wrong. And and you know if there's a defense that's that's going to, I even don't don't like to use the word neutralize Patrick Mahomes. It, it could definitely be. Uh, Buffalo. Yeah, maybe limit's a better word. Yeah, I think that is a better word. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, for for joining me this week. Now we will go around the room. Uh, we'll start with JoJo. Let people know where they can follow you on Twitter. Keep track of everything you're doing. Um, it was uh, it was fun having you guys here. Yeah, Big Jim, thanks for having us. It's been a blast. It's been fun to talk about something other than baseball. A little bit, which has been fun. Uh, I'm at on Twitter at at JoltonJoe35. So that's where you can find me. All right, sounds good. Jason, how about you? Yeah, so uh, Jim, thanks again for having us. Uh, love you, buddy. This has been a, a great time. Uh, so so cheers to you and the rest of the Huddle Up guys and to my uh, partners of Dollar Dogs and Beer. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at J-R-I-E-K-E-R-3-0-0. Uh, stay tuned though that will probably be changing and I'll have a dollar dogs handle at some point alright sounds good Andrew uh, let people know where they can follow you but also where they can follow and uh, subscribe to the show uh, your show as well so the podcast right now we're going by at dollar dogs and beer on twitter I'm probably going to change that to at ddab because it's just easier <laughs> nice, I like that and- and uh, I, I got to say, I can't wait for Jason's new handle. I hate spelling his out every week because, uh, let, let, let's be honest, if you say Ricker, nobody's going to know how to spell it and find it on Twitter, which is probably the point I know. And for me, you can follow me on Twitter at PyroLord314. It's been the same it's been for decade, decade and a half. I don't even remember when I opened my Twitter up originally. <laughs> All right. Well, again, guys, thank you so much uh, for joining us this week. I'm sure we'll have you back. Uh, on the uh, rotating cast of characters here uh, on Huddle Up. We do appreciate that. Make sure you give these guys a, uh, a follow and a subscribe on all podcast platforms. But you can subscribe to our show, of course, Huddle Up Podcast, on all podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and everywhere else. Subscribe on YouTube as well. Uh, if you go to any of our social media links, at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, as well as Huddle Up Pod. On Instagram, you'll find the link tree. We have everything there. We have our merchandise over at whatamaneuver.net. Our home network, of course, NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. And our secondary home is the Leap Sports and Music Network at LEEIBSports.com. Until next time, enjoy the week. Stay safe, everyone. And as always, go for the win.